there in the podcast world welcome back to the r&d project i am the r in the r&d project i'm will rab follow me on twitter at rab will also follow wcdt radio to keep up with my sports exploits there let's now say hello to the d in the r&d project that of course is the Dawes landon dome What's up, buddy? How you doing? Always uh, fun to be coming to you, joining you, the lovely listener from the virtual studios of the R&D Project. Uh, buddy, this is our second episode, and I believe the last time we did that, we did two episodes. So, uh, so far, we've matched, not exceeded, but matched everything we've previously done. Next week, next week is when we exceed what we've done previously. And there, and and next week we got some exciting stuff. We're going to talk about that later on in the show during our uh, near fall segment. We have an announcement about a special bonus uh, podcast coming your way. So we'll hey, let Rab, you know about that. You, you know what they call that in the business? What you just did? A tease. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did business, and I remembered it's the R and D project, and not the R and D podcast. Well, like I said in the previous episode, we hammered out what we're actually going to call this damn thing. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the R&D pod thingy. I mean, the R&D project. project. There we go. <laughs> Seriously, though, man, how how are you doing these days? Uh, doing good. Uh, I, uh, much like you work yes. in radio, follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Uh, also, The Phil Show 987 on Twitter and uh, The Phil Show at Newstalk987.com. But it's been a week, let me tell you, and I am so glad to have this week behind me. Not only did we have like, uh, you know, highs in the mid 60s, two days later, we then had uh, highs in the mid 20s dealing with snow and ice. So uh, East Tennessee, uh, it's never a dull moment, but glad, glad, glad to be into the weekend. I'm glad you brought that up because we had that helter skelter uh, weather as well. Can I... I mean, I know it's it's my podcast. So if I want to go on a rant, but uh, can I napalm the show for a second to steal Absolutely. a line from Will West? Uh, can I just say, and look, I, I should know this is how it's going to be. And no, I'm not about to start singing Third Eye Blind. Literally, that's where I thought you were going with this. I'm like, oh God, can I harmonize? No, I don't think so. But that wasn't going to stop me. Anyway, continue. I should know better by now because I am a purveyor of social media trolling. As we record this, I'm just hurling insults at Bad Takes Andy because it's Friday <laughs> and why not? And, and the kid's stupid. Well, I um, mean, Bad Takes is in his name. So, I mean, yeah. he's, it's kind of on brand. It's on brand. It doesn't mean I'm not going to pick a fake Twitter <laughs> fight with him. <sighs> so, I should know because I hang out in the Twitter sewers. And as we've referenced before, I'm not afraid to tell Titans Hall of Famers that they don't know anything about football. Um, yeah. yeah, I told Derek Mason that. Uh, I'm also once. discovering your grasp of your is kind of uh, um, sweaty at best on social media. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes the rage uh, over overtakes me or, or I'm just typing in a hurry on my phone and it autocorrects itself mm-hmm. to something else. <laughs> Uh, but who sure, cares? Sure, buddy, I'm, whatever I'm, you say. 
I'm 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 talking shit on Twitter. Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be grammatically correct. It's Twitter. I don't have to damn be gra- it. Grammatically correct to be an asshole. <laughs> Factually um, correct. Yes. Anyway, uh, can I just say because you've dealt with this, I'm sure. Uh, we see it because you know the school system calls up and is like, "Hey, there's no school tomorrow," and so. On, on the radio and on social media, we have to get that news out there. Hey, kids, you, you you get to sleep late and, and watch The Price is Right. <laughs> and, and to see the stupid crap that people post, and they post it either way. If school's delayed, oh, how come you didn't just cancel school, man? It's done flooded down here. There ain't no way in heck I can get to school. Well, then don't go to school like you, you don't you, you don't get an extra point on your GPA for having perfect attendance. Don't go to school. Or if they or if they do cancel school. Oh, well, this is stupid. I literally this is a real comment <laughs> that that we that that we didn't get. But we noticed from the school system because we shared their post and then the comments on the original post a couple weeks ago. Because they were letting kids out of school because it was flooding across the state and the entire state had the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, that sounds and about the flu. par for the course for the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Someone wanted the teachers and administrators to have their pay docked for every day that they don't go to school because we pay them to educate our kids. Are you serious? Because what clearly the, actual the uh, blue hell. Clearly the assistant manager at the de- at the Decker Dairy Queen does not understand how a salary works. <laughs> it is crazy you threw out the example of flooding because a couple weeks ago at my day gig, Knoxville had a lot of flooding. Like I think they dropped like anywhere from 4 to 6 inches of rain in a 24-hour span and a lot of it fell during drive time in the morning when people are, you know, putting their kids on the bus or taking the kids to school. Knox County, the county that, you know, my radio station is uh based out of, didn't cancel school that day. So we're on air from 6 to 10 a.m. I would estimate we took three hours of phone calls of people being furious at the fact that Knox County Schools didn't cancel or delay schools. And this was on a, believe it was a Thursday. We'll call it a Thursday. Oh, and uh, funny enough, we had school bus drivers from all of the surrounding counties of Knox County saying, I don't want to go on air, but this is some bullshit. The fact that we, we have to drive in this. And people people got on social media and yeah. killed the school systems, rightfully so, in my opinion, that day. Then on the on the next day, they said due to flooding, we're we're just gonna stay closed. Roll around to the Monday, due to flooding on back roads and stuff like that, we're still gonna remain closed. We want our students to be safe. Come Monday, those same people that were killing the school systems on social media, calling into our radio station, killing them for not canceling school, are now killing the school for canceling school mm-hmm. so yeah it's like what do you want and then you made a very very good point that me and all of my colleagues had to say several times on this day where people are calling in why is the school open why do i have to take my kids 
You do not have to take your kids to school if the roads don't feel safe to you. Like you pointed out, there is no like half point to your GPA if you have perfect attendance. Uh, they, they, they might give you a coupon for a free medium one topping pizza or something at the end of your, what, uh, K through 12 career. Like, like parents, use common sense just because your school system didn't Cancel class? Guess what? If you don't feel like little Jimmy or Jane aren't going to be safe on the road, keep them home and they can make it up tomorrow. Yeah, and if you don't just like skip school for no good reason, you won't have to worry about truancy. I guess the point I wanted to make is that people is, suck. People well, stop pe- sucking. People suck. Uh, <laughs> it's not easy to figure out if they're going to have school or not. And there's a lot of things they have to consider because I know for one thing, they don't want to cancel school uh, needlessly because a lot of kids that's the only good quality meal they get mm-hmm. if you can if you have a second harvest food bank or a or an organization like second harvest in your community please donate to them because you have no idea just how much second harvest or groups like second harvest food bank stand in the gap for these situations but please yep. continue yeah and, and also look they're out there and I know it can be frustrating because you think, hey, they need to call up school or why haven't they called it off yet or they should have told us earlier because we didn't have a lot of notice to be able to go get our kids. That was a complaint yesterday because mm-hmm. we got a, a quick snowstorm. But at 1145, it can be fine. And at 1215, it can be a complete mess. Absolutely. And it, I mean, it, my dad works for TDOT on the road crew. So I can tell you all it takes is, is five minutes and the weather can completely change somewhere and it's a mess. So like, just be patient. And like we said, if you don't feel safe, then you don't, you're not, you don't have to go to work and you don't have to take your kids to school and, uh, just use common sense. And like Landon said, don't be an ass. (laughs) And yes, I do understand it's very easy for me and you, Rab, uh, you know, two childless doofuses to tell people, you know, about school systems and don't take your kids. But at the same time, like Rab said, have some patience and use some common sense. It's going to be okay. All right. So the the big thing we wanted to uh, hit on today is there's a bunch of stuff going on in sports right now that is sports adjacent. That I oh, find intriguing. Are we talking about the XFL sports adjacent? Uh, yeah, we'll get to that at some point because I do have some thoughts on that the as DC well. The DC Defenders rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they do actually. Like but I, I have an hour every day and I have to think to myself during that hour, uh, minus the commercial breaks and the live reads I have to do and, and everything else I have to do. So I have about... 45, 50 minutes to actually talk to people on a daily basis. I have to think about what's most interesting to them, not what's interesting to Will. And if I had a three-hour show or a four-hour show, I'd probably talk about some of this stuff on the air. And then again, some of this, I don't know if it actually interests your average Joe sports fan who's tuning into a show uh, to find out why the Lady Vols lost last night. Oh my hint, God, hint, because so they bad. turned over the basketball 23 times. Tw- sorry. Sorry. Oh, it's just really hard to watch right now. Please continue. Yes. And so there's all sorts of stuff going on. I've touched on this on the show a little bit. I guess we'll start with the NFL because this is 
wildly fascinating to me, even though it's like minutiae. Plus, we're starting with the NFL because, I mean, the NFL totally dominates American sports realm, even during the offseason we're fighting. Yeah, but it's just amazing to me. So uh, the NFL is trying to get their collective bargaining agreement done between the NFL and the Players Association, and they're really pushing to try to get it done a year early. And the, if you're wondering why, it's not just because, oh, we're trying to be, you know, diligent and avoid a lockout. No, the, the TV contracts finish in 2021 and 2022. And so in the fall of this year, if they have the collective bargaining agreement done a year early, they can go ahead and start talking uh, with everyone, including the R&D project about <laughs> broadcasting NFL games. And squeezing every penny out of ESPN, Fox, NBC, and CBS that they can. Which, by the way, Rab just uh, is bearing the lead. We are going to be the exclusive podcasting home for the NFL starting in the 2022-2023 season. So, you know, look forward to that, everybody. Absolutely. I'm excited about that. (laughs) We're going to bring you all the podcasts of the games that happened like four days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And go back and read all the box scores. Exactly. And there will be ads for Blue Chew in there, too. I worked with a guy in South Louisiana, come to think of it, reading box scores. He would do that on the air and think it was good radio. What? Yeah, he would just, like, find articles on ESPN.com and just read them verbatim. And not even always, because like I'll do that sometimes. Like if I see a story that I'm going to talk about from Adam Schefter, or I found something from Bill, Bill Barnwell, five things the Titans should do in the off season. I, I'll I'll print off a couple paragraphs of that for context. But I'm willing to bet you ain't going to read the dadgum thing verbatim. No, not for a whole twenty minute segment. But anyway, oh can't my get. God. So uh, the NFL is working on labor peace, which is probably a good thing because. The Dawes and I would be in trouble if we couldn't play fantasy football in the fall. (laughs) What do they expect us to do? Talk to our friends and family? Gross. Yeah, and I, you know, it makes my job a whole lot easier when I have the Titans to talk about as well. Uh, But but this is so this is interesting because it went from it looked like we could be heading into the twenty one season, and we could still be negotiating. To all of a sudden, Adam Schefter, and you know, when Adam Schefter reports something, it's kind of like if Woj reports it in the NBA. It's like word of God. Yeah, it's the word of God. You see Jeff pass and found out something in Major League Baseball, then by God, it happened. Like, Jesus, what did the Astros do now? Yeah, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> um, reports, hey, it looks like we could have this deal done by the Combine, which is coming up soon yeah, from when like we recorded this. Like, what? It's like next week. And so, I, I, you and I talked about this off the air. I've talked about it on my on my other show a little bit. I was disappointed in the uh, players again because it looked like there was going to be a speedy resolution to this, and uh, I, I was disappointed, quite frankly, because the players always sell themselves out because the. Uh, you could call it the rank and file. You could call it the average Joe NFL player, although calling any NFL player just an average Joe is kind of a, disco- a, 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 a disservice. Um, 
I call them the middle class of the NFL. I'm talking like your guys who, uh, like you and I know who Dane Krushank is because we're Titans, we, Titans observers. Yep. You're a Titans fan. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I know that the center of the Tennessee Titans name is Ben Jones. Uh, some random dude in New York doesn't know who the hell Ben Jones or Dane Krushank are. But there are more of those guys in the NFL. There are more Cameron Bastons of the world, Tajay Sharps of the world in the NFL, than there are superstars. You're, there's, only so, there's only so many stars in any sport. And then there's the guys who fill out the roster, and, and you know they're the blue-collar guys of the sport. And it, it's always funny because... A lot of times, they act against their own self-interest, but it's because they didn't listen to Marshawn and they don't have their, they didn't take care of their chicken. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, so it, it looked like for a second, hey, we're gonna get this done because you tell players, hey, we can give you five billion dollars, and they'll basically jump out of an airplane with no parachute. Thankfully, there's some smart people. In the NFL, like the J.J. Watts and Richard Sherman's of the world, who are like, dude, you should look closer at this because you're selling yourself short. Yeah, J.J. Watts uh, came out and said on Twitter, hard no. And so. It, it's so funny. Uh, your colleague over there at WNML, and, and I used to work with him, and he comes on the show. Will West was like, dude, you can break the owners in two games. Like That, that check dries up from Fox and CBS and, and Disney after two weeks, and you're going to get whatever you want. And it could have happened the last time. But again, it's the middle class of the NFL union who, you know, didn't take care of their finances on the, which this is hard to believe that you couldn't figure out how to take care of your money when you make $800,000 a year at minimum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't take care of their money. So they need that game check and they ain't willing to give them up. So it's going to be interesting to me, to me, to see if these veteran guys who, again, listened to Marshawn and took care of their chicken, uh, can get the other guys to understand, hey, if you like just like wait a second, we might be able to get you health insurance and a guaranteed contract. And so you, you can get cut, but they still got to give you the, the $2 million a year they promised you. And I know you want that game check, but like if you just wait like a month, you'd be amazed what we can do. I mean, I do agree with you with a lot of what you're saying, particularly on the quote-unquote middle class of the NFL. And you made the analogy, uh, if you tell them they're getting $5 billion, they'll jump out the plane without the parachute on. And it's like, I do think that's a fair analogy, but it's like, I just crunched the numbers. $5 billion divided by, uh, we're going to, what, there's 32 teams, 52-man rosters. Those come to... Basically 1,700 players. 17, yeah, yeah, it comes to 1,696 players. Divide that $5 billion, every player is looking to get just shy of three million dollars a piece so yes me personally i do think that they should have maybe held out and negotiated for lifetime health insurance i think is the bare minimum that these billionaires that we call nfl owners i, I believe that's the bare minimum they can do but at the same time you talked about how there are only a few quote-unquote superstars in the nfl and there are way more just you know that middle class as you called them if you're middle class and somebody says, hey, here's $3 million extra dollars that you weren't accounting for, 
I have a hard time faulting them for saying no. Like, I do agree, like J.J. Watt, like Richard Sherman are saying, if you look at the bigger picture as a whole, they, like I said, J.J. Watt said hard no. But again, like, I... I can't fault somebody for saying no to $3 million more yeah, I, yeah, for them I, and their I, family. I get that, but at the same time, look, the NFL is not the XFL. Everybody's not paid the same amount of money. So on average, it's, well, every player would get $3 million more, but we know how that's going to work. Exactly. The, yeah, yeah. The, court, <laughs> the, the guy who's 53rd on the roster might see his, his weekly salary go up. At twenty five, thirty grand, because he gets a boost of a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes is going to get forty five instead of forty million, and that's assuming over the next ten years that the NFL can hit their target to increase revenue five billion dollars. Mm. So it's it's it, it is a lot of money. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna scoff at oh the the player salary pool could go up five hundred million dollars a year. But let's not forget that the top 1% of the league, 2% of the league, not to sound like Bernie, uh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders. It, it is going to get the majority of that. Plus, dude, I, I'm telling think about it. You think it's unlikely. I think they could get there. I think there would be a grace period and it would like apply for new contracts. In addition to the health insurance, I, I I think we will come to a time. I think by twenty thirty we'll have fully guaranteed NFL contracts. Wow! I, me personally, I do think that their the NFL contracts should be guaranteed. But just based on the way the game is right now, I think there would have to be drastic rules changes and especially more emphasis on player safety if we're ever going to talk about realistically having guaranteed contracts because I mean in in the other sports they are guaranteed but at the same time it's like I I feel like that's kind of a cheap argument because every other sport doesn't have the impact that the NFL does because every play from scrimmage is like a car crash and then you do that's it true several that's true. hundred times throughout the season and unfortunately you put that wear and tear on the body no matter how amazing of a body you have you're gonna break down over time and unfortunately there are catastrophic injuries that happen and okay well you're tied down for what did peyton manning make his last year like some he made a lot of money yeah some exorbitant amount of money it's like well you know he kind of sucks now but too bad you have this albatross tied around your neck dragging down the entire franchise <laughs> that's why i think it would uh, eventually be fully guaranteed because you would get to a point, and here's what you got to think about now. So, like the Titans are trying to re-sign Derrick Henry, and we've talked about it. You know, uh, I, I think the Titans are work out a deal somewhere between twelve and fifteen, sixteen million dollars on average, and you know, you you might get paid more a year at the beginning of the contract than at the end when he's wearing down, but. That's like sixty million dollar million dollars total, and the Titans are probably guaranteed twenty five or thirty of it. So I think what the contracts would shift to is, okay, we're not going to give out one hundred and twenty million dollar quarterback contracts anymore necessarily, but just like Kirk Cousins took less in uh, Minnesota, he took what eighty million dollars, but they said we'll give you all eighty million, like we're invested in you. Uh, you'll give a running back 
thirty million dollars, but we're fully going to guarantee the thirty million dollars that we give you. Hmm. I think it would have to be something like that, uh, and, and give some time for the market to reset. Okay, we're going to guarantee all the money that we give everybody, but we're not going to promise you all this money because. Right now, we promise you all this money, and and most of it's monopoly money anyway. We say we're paying it. We say we're paying somebody, you know, a uh, hundred million dollars on a quarterback contract, but uh, only half of it's guaranteed. And after the first two years, the team can get out of it, and it doesn't cost them anything. So you're really not giving them a hundred million dollars anyway. It's just on paper. Yeah. And so instead of making thirty million dollars a year, if you're a quarterback, and I said, okay, you could make twenty. And I guarantee no matter what, like if you're at Waffle House flipping uh, hash browns in, in two years, we're going to still cut you a $20 million check. And look, maybe the teams will never go for that, but I, I think the NFL players should try that. And th- they definitely need to push uh, for more resources to be allocated to them when their NFL careers are over and be able to get mm-hmm. access to that sooner because you're a statistical anomaly. If you make it to the six years, you need to be vested in the NFL to get insurance. How messed up is that? You have to be an anomaly to put the time in to get that. That is yeah, just and they're so guys. Look, they're guys. They're guys right now. They're guys who have done it recently. Who in the recent past or even back in the day, Mark Schlereth talked about. Dude, I went through tons of really difficult rehab and surgeries and did all this stuff to come back because I needed two more years to get my insurance. Oh my! So he had to build his body back up to a point where he can go yep. play a sport that breaks the body down just so he can have protection for his, his post-career or his post-football career and then his twilight. That is just so insane, especially in this day and age where I mean, the Super Bowl was, uh, we'll call it a month-ish, close to that. The Super, the NFL season's been over for a month, but outside uh-huh. of a baseball team having a massive be-all, end-all cheating uh-huh. scandal, the only sport that we talk about since the Super Bowl ended was football. And 85, 90% of that has been about the NFL. So guess what, NFL? You have the money. And guess what? Without the players, you don't have the thing that gets you money. So you need to take care of your players. And again, like I said, I can't fault anybody for you know turning down close to $3 million extra dollars. But at the same time, I do think they should have heeded Marshawn Lynch's advice and uh, you know protected their chickens, so to speak. And I do think they need to have an eye towards the future because a lot of these people, a lot of these kids let's call them i mean yeah they're legally adults but they're still good majority of them young adults and it's like hey guess what uh you're really good at what you do we're gonna throw millions of dollars at you Mm -hmm. you're not thinking about down the road you're thinking about here and now you're thinking about what house you're gonna buy what car you're gonna buy uh what tv you're not gonna buy because you can buy every other tv that you decide not to buy it's like you're, you're you're a prisoner of the moment and i do think that the NFL needs to be more proactive in protecting their post football career. And look, that's just a couple of examples that I'm talking about. Again, with the health insurance, I think that's a no brainer. They could push for it. Should be, be, but then again, look the at NFL. look at our current health yeah. system in America, and just you know, everything's on fire. It's fine. Yeah, and I don't know about guaranteed contracts. I don't know if the owners ever want to commit to that because of you know 
the violence of the sport, but that also makes the owners look bad that they know, hey, we don't want to commit this money because dudes get broke um, literally in half. But, you know, there can be things that the players can do that I think help guys realize their potential sooner. Like, I think the rookie wage scale was, was good for the sport. Because you don't give Matthew Stafford fifty million dollars right out of Georgia before he's proven himself. Now Matthew Stafford has earned his money mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Uh, but if I got to give you, if I got to give you four really good years, I'm like Derrick Henry, and I got to give you four really good years, and then you're not sure if you want to pay me after like I've led your franchise almost to the promised land. It, maybe you know. Maybe it's not guaranteed contracts. Maybe it's more money up front. Things like th- things of that nature, more flexibility. I don't know. But I just that's interesting to me. With see what's going to happen with the NFL and if the players uh, go for the short term or the long term. You mentioned the behemoth that the NFL uh, is. Uh, that's something else I want to talk about because I find it very interesting. Did did you know how bad in the tank? NBA ratings are. I don't know the exact number, but I have heard some chatter that like like if they haven't hit it, they're close to some all time lows when it comes to the I rating like, numbers. Like 40 percent loss. Oh my gosh! Um, Major League Baseball and there's all this crud going on with the Astros, and we're talk about that later because that's a complete disgrace. <laughs> uh, this might be a little bit of hyperbole, but I bet it's not off because one thing Will West is good or at hyperbole. is hyperbole. Hyperbole, whatever. <laughs> I, I'm not, whatever. You're a good wordsmith talker guy. So, sometimes. <laughs> um, hyperbole. Uh, Major League Baseball, apparently every time they have a game on national TV, it sets a new low for the lowest rated Major League Baseball game outside of the playoffs. I, I find it very interesting because we claim to be a sports-obsessed country. And look, I have no doubt. Even though they're going to marquee and you don't know how many cable companies are going to carry it, hint, hint, they're all going to do it very quick because Chicago's going to get mad. Uh, or it in St. Louis or across the southeast with the Atlanta Braves or any other big teams that have a draw, have a following. I have no doubt they can get a good number locally night to night. But it is amazing to me how everyone else is backsliding and the NFL is just trying to figure out how to make more money on top of the obscene piles of money they make every year. You got a sport that makes $15 billion a year and they're trying to figure out how to turn it into 20. A year they make $15 billion a year and they're like, nope, we need more. Yep, we need more playoff <laughs> games. No, you don't. That's going to ruin the NFL. And we more need regular season, season games while we're at nope. it. Good God. We don't need that either. But player safety, everybody. Look, the NFL is perfect. You know why the NFL is perfect as a sport? I mean, there's things they can work on, but like from the the money-making standpoint of it, number one, it's limited. You get 16 games, and then you have to, and then there's the playoffs, and maybe your team's in it or maybe not, but after the Super Bowl, you got to sit there for seven months before there's another game. Same thing with college football. Why we like college football so much besides the pageantry and the rivalries and 
it, it, it might be where you went to school. That ends the second week of January, and you have to sit there for darn near eight months and wait for football. Mm-hmm. And, and then you get to sit around for those six months being like, man, I wish football would come back and then put your hands on your hips like you're some anime character or something. Yep. And there's one game a week and they all do matter. They especially matter in college football. They matter pretty, pretty strongly in the NFL. I do like that there's a little bit of leeway. You don't have to be perfect to be good in the NFL. Uh but football rewards greatness. Football doesn't reward mediocrity. The Titans have won nine games <laughs> four years in a row. If you're a Tennessee Titans fan, you, yeah, you know that sweet spot is seven and nine or nine and seven, somewhere in between. Even though Jeff Fisher is gone, Jeff Fisher's handprints are still very much on the Tennessee well, Titans. <laughs> I mean, the NFL designs itself, the salary cap, the way they distribute talent, things of that nature. It, it's designed for there to be a couple of elite teams, and they really want everybody else, like you said, to be between seven and nine and ten and six. Now, some teams completely screw it up and only win like one game a year, but that's because they're stupid children. And the Cincinnati Bengals are on the clock. Or you know, the Miami Dolphins try to tank, and Ryan Fitzmagic says, "No, you're winning five games anyway." <laughs> you know, a uh, hard pivot, non uh, non sequitur. I actually think the Dolphins might be okay in a few years, but yeah, I think mind. they're going to be all right. That Tua kid's going to be good if oh his my, hip doesn't explode. Oh my God, could you imagine if Tua ends up in Miami and they give him the time to rehab and be healthy? Ooh. Oh, he could be so good. Oh. Uh, but any anyway, it, it's just interesting to me. Like football is this behemoth. Uh, they don't need to expand. I don't need fourteen teams in the playoffs. It would not have made it any better for me to watch the Steelers get obliterated by the Chiefs. Seriously, like like especially this year, who wanted like like the Steelers sucked down the stretch. Are you telling me you're tuning in to see uh, Duck Hodges take the Steelers on the road to Kansas City to get just demolished by the Chiefs? That sounds and- terrible. And, and here's the other thing. You know how I know you're not letting too many teams into the playoffs? Remember I said the Titans four years in a row have been 9-7? and seven? And I know people think, hey, that's thoroughly mediocre. That's a game above 500. Yeah, I think that is the longest, or it's tied. It's among the longest. I know three consecutive years, so it might be the longest now. It's the longest current streak in the NFL of having a winning record. I know you only need one more win than loss to have a winning record, but you are doing something right if you have consecutive winning seasons. I mean, that's the whole point, is the Titans have one of the longest streaks in the NFL active of consecutive years with a winning record, and they only managed to make the playoffs twice. That tells me you have a sweet spot on, it's not impossible like college football, you have to know somebody. But we don't just hand them out like candy like they do in the NBA. And look, I love hockey, but there's too many damn teams in the hockey playoffs, too. And also, while we're at it, NHL, why the hell is the Nashville Predators in the West? What part of Nashville, Tennessee screams the West to you? I think that's just just one of those things. No, 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 that is not one of those things. It's north, it's south, it's east and west. Those are our directions. What the hell? Well, I mean, I it, makes to, as, it makes as much sense as Missouri being in the SEC East. 
Yeah, I mean, when when you have a league who goes up like all the way to the tip, the eastern tip of like the North America, Nashville's relatively west. I think. Oh, just trying shut to up, Rab, dude! Out. Like, it, like I love you. No, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I know I'm wrong. I actually have a plan when they go to 32 teams in the NHL to balance out the divisions and get rid of east and west. And just have conferences, kind of, sort of, but anyway. Yeah, that could be fun. That could be fun. Um, <laughs> Rab, no, I love please. you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bury you, but come on, dude. Like, you didn't even believe what you were saying there. It's a good plan. I don't know if it's fun. <laughs> we'll probably never talk about it on the pro- on the podcast, but I did that one day because I was just wondering what it would look like, and I wanted to do an exercise to see if I could do it smarter than other people. Um, Ooh, oh, God. I needed to. Kill time while I was watching the Preds lose four to one in the playoffs last year. Wait, well, I, it was last year. I was going to say, unfortunately, there's been plenty of times to watch the Preds lose this year. What the fuck happened? Sorry, I just we just don't put them on anymore. And I, that's sad to say because last year I think I probably watched seventy out of eighty two hockey. Games oh yeah, like play. I mean, like I I don't have the access like I did living in Middle Tennessee where it just was on all the time. But it's like I. Like, I have to go out of my way to watch a Preds game right now. It's just so fucking bad. I just, I don't try. Um, it is what it is. Uh, sports, though, like, we're talking, like, the NFL needs to not, like, ruin its balance that it has right now. 16 games, 12 teams in the playoffs, it's plenty enough. You want another week of television to sell to your TV partners? Then give the guys an extra week off. I mean, I think two bye weeks across 16 weeks is is reasonable. But one again, one thing the NFL is doing right that other sports are not is they continue to grow and the other sports have declined. And so what I wonder, and I think I have some ideas about why specific sports are in trouble, but not to bog it down is I think the NFL has figured out the right balance between, hey, we make a product that people want to see and it's entertaining and we also stick to the roots of the sport. Like, football's obviously evolved a ton from like the early 1900s with the leather helmets and the wing (laughs) tee. Just slightly, just slightly, though. It's evolved. Practically the same but, game we saw at the turn of the century, you know, the 18th century, but whatever. <laughs> there's not the talents, obviously, different, but the fundamentals of football are the fundamentals of football. If I go watch a high school game on Friday night and I have a rudimentary understanding of football, it's going to translate to college and I can understand what's going on in the NFL. It can be more complex if you're in the middle of it and you're a tactician of the game, but. You get my point, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the problem some of these other sports have is either they're a niche sport, so like hockey, it takes a while to figure out, although I really don't think hockey's as hard to figure out as some people will tell you who aren't hockey fans. I think they're just stubborn. <laughs> I think you're right. And I would say the same thing about soccer. It's not hard to figure out. They're Amen. trying to put the ball mm-hmm. in that big net thingy. If you, if, if you give the time to a sport, like hockey, like soccer, it's really not that hard. No. But, or, look, I get it. Motorsports can be kind of complex. And, like, good Lord, I could I could do three days of podcast on NASCAR. 
consecutively three whole days, 72 hours of podcast. So be sure to follow our podcast feed because Rab oh, is going to do that at some point. I could, I could <laughs> spend days. There's so many problems. You know, I'd give you one right now. You know what the problem is with NASCAR? You know, then people we were talking about earlier bitching about the school being in or out and the buses and uh-huh. I can't get through the flood. <laughs> yep. They're NASCAR fans. And so no matter what, guess what they go do after the race? Don't matter how good or bad it was, they go on social media somewhere and bitch about it. Mm. Well, welcome to social media, my friend. Also, uh, real quick, thoughts and prayers with Ryan Newman doing well after that horrific crash at Daytona. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I, I, oh. I, I was convinced watching that. I was like, oh, Jesus. I just saw a man die. And Yes, and then two days later, he walked out of the out hospital. out of the hospital with, with the his children walking him out hand in hand. Just, oh, that's amazing. Uh, okay, but like, so... I've always found this interesting about NASCAR fans is it seems they are, or at least the ones who bother to get on social media, and I understand that's not the majority, they take way too much care about the health of the sport instead of, oh my God, that was a really awesome race, and I'm glad my driver won. And like at some point you should care, because like in football, uh, the referees are atrocious and it does impact your ability to enjoy the game. But like, if I'm a football fan, I'm mostly worried about, well, did my team win Sunday? I don't want to get down that rabbit hole too far, but like NASCAR fans, y'all need to like step back and stop bitching about everything so much and it'll be okay. And also, by the way, like every report that I see about NASCAR and I will fully admit I'm not a giant NASCAR fan or at all. <laughs> But every story I see is about how the NASCAR viewership is dwindling and about how, quote-unquote, NASCAR is dying. If that's the public perception, why are you getting on social media and just continuing to torpedo what you're so passionate about? I don't I don't get... Okay, maybe as a wrestling fan, that is extremely hypocritical coming from me, and I see that now. But at the same time, like, like I don't necessarily subscribe to that thought process. Yeah, and like, here's the thing. You mentioned wrestling. Okay, so there was a time, there was a dark time in wrestling where unfortunately all you really had was the WWE and there were these indie shows with dudes who were washed up 20 years ago taking bumps (laughs) and trying to sell t-shirts out the back of a van. Uh-huh. Uh huh. T-shirts are 20, 8 by 10s are uh, 10, 35 for the combo. And don't point out that that math doesn't add up. Yeah. And thankfully, through technology, it's really easy. If you're into New Japan, there you go. The NWA has been revived. There's NWA power on YouTube. There's All Elite Wrestling on TNT and YouTube. Uh, Impact still doing its thing on whatever channel YouTube. it's on. And, YouTube. And uh, Twitch TV as well. Yeah. Uh, basically, and... Uh, Gabe Saplowski or however you say Sapolsky. that Sapolsky and, and what he did with Evolve and the, the World Wrestling Wide Wrestling Network or whatever and, and, and they're kind of affiliated with the WWE and NXT technology has basically enabled us to be able to enjoy 
wrestling without having to enjoy the WWE if you don't. Okay, I want to give some advice to some jilted NASCAR fans. You can find a subscription on the internet and they don't just race NASCAR on Sundays. There are all sorts of other uh, forms of the sport that are really, really good right now. And sometimes, like, they're literally packages you can get and it's $3 a month. And you can watch all the racing you want. And I mean, so for that price point, I mean, that. like, that's one of those things you sign up for and forget about it because you yep. don't see $3 in, uh, coming out of your bank <laughs> no. account every month to watch what you love. Yes, and I, I think maybe... I think maybe what the sports world as a whole needs to realize to get back on track for my little NASCAR sidecar <laughs> there. And that was a pun intended sidecar, not sidecar. I see what you did there. Waka waka. Um, you mentioned the ratings being in decline. Okay, well, you know, maybe it was kind of like the stock market. And we all remember the tech boom, right? And everybody had the dot coms. And it worked out perfectly for everybody and they all lived happily ever after. Sorry, I, I stopped paying attention before the before it popped. The dot-com bubble burst, but like technology didn't die. The technology sector right-sized itself. And like NASCAR was like the trendy thing to do in the 90s and the early 2000s. And then those trendy people moved on to whatever else was cool. To the so new like hotness. Whatever else it is. I don't know, you know. Wrestling... Wrestling was twice the size it was in the 90s, and there used to be five or six or seven million people watch wrestling every week, and now if you probably add it together between Raw and SmackDown uh, and NXT and, and AEW, there's probably, what, two to four million people who are interested in wrestling? Yeah, and I was not gonna, on a weekly basis, but... Yeah, I was going to say those numbers feel generous because it's like off the top of my head, uh, don't ask me why I know this off the top, off the top of my head, uh, these... Past Wednesday, uh, NXT came in at 793-ish thousand. AEW came in winning, quote-unquote, the Wednesday Night War with like 849,000. So, I mean, if you combine those two audiences together, that's not even 2 million people. Okay, but uh, no offense to AEW and certainly no offense to NXT. That's not the... Fl in that is true. AEW's those are not the flagship. And that's those, not the yeah, flagship. Yeah. And those are not uh, both Raw and SmackDown have been established for decades, mm. plural each at this point. So they don't have the name cachet uh, that, you know, Raw and SmackDown do. So I, I do get that. But at the same time, on the flip side, like, that's where the real wrestling audience is. They're like, yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's true. Like, I feel like the, the, hardcore wrestling fans i mean okay the hardcore hardcores are going to watch every dadgum second of every dadgum promotion but for the most part like i have seen a lot of people just straight up stop watching on mondays stop yep. watching on fridays like wednesday night is now the night for that's wrestling. me that's what i do i watch aew and there will be a point either for this show because I want to be informed on something we're talking about or it'll get good and you'll be like, dude, you need to check this out. I really like what they're doing with this guy. So it's that probably going to be just because you have to watch this and you want to sound like you know what you're talking about. No, because I'll just go read a recap and, and be able to have an opinion. Yeah, I'm not watching 12 hours of WrestleMania just to talk about it on a podcast. Like, oh no my offense. God. And, and Mania is going to end up being 12 hours again. No, it's like... 
I will say I've bagged on Raw and SmackDown, and and this is not the wrestling stuff. I, I promise you, Raw particularly has been pretty pretty okay over the last since the Royal Rumble. So we'll see if they can continue this build to Mania. But you know that's for a further future episode. Yeah, I, you can really boom as any industry because you're the cool thing that's going on right now. And we've seen that happen with different sports. I think there are certain sports, like I think the NBA should be concerned about where they're at right now because they're they're shedding all this audience and they're going to have to lower the salary cap. And they're the pinnacle of the sport. Like people aren't going to start watching European basketball. Like it's not going to overtake. No. Um, just like any other industry, sports can have periods. Look, there some things are extremely popular and like the NFL sustains itself because for whatever reason it connects with people who aren't sports fans I say this all the time people claim oh I'm a huge sports fan no you're a huge football fan and there's nothing wrong with that like people in my family are huge football fans and they'll claim to be sports fans and they have passing interest in it but like my parents are not going to sit down and watch a basketball game they're not going to watch UT play basketball. They're not going to watch the NBA. Uh, they may put on a hockey game in the playoffs if the Preds are doing really well. We'll all get together, you know, and 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 hang out and put some food on the grill and and have a a watch party. But they're football fans, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's why football is able to make fourteen billion dollars a year. Ninety-seven of the top one hundred shows shows period, on network television last year were NFL football games. Nothing else does that. I think baseball needs to be concerned because it's becoming so regional and it's only relevant in October. And I think the NBA is teetering on that edge as well um, where nobody's going to pay attention during the regular season and they'll maybe pay attention during the finals if LeBron and the Lakers are in it. And, and I don't think that's a great place to be as a sport. But, I, I mean, I think you can fix it. I, I also think you have to not measure yourself and say, okay, we have to try to capture 25 million people like the 25 or 50 or 100 million people like the NFL does. No. If you can find a broadcaster, if you can find a partner – we just talked about those NXT ratings. They average about 850,000, 900,000 people watch it on a Wednesday night. Makes TNT very happy. And 10 years ago, that would have got you canceled because it got Impact kicked off a spike. They weren't happy only having a million people watch them. Yeah, and I something you said really sticks out. I feel like Major League Baseball, I feel like the NBA, and maybe to a lesser extent the NHL, they are you know, paying attention to what the Joneses are doing across the street. They're trying to keep up with the yep. Joneses. But the thing that you said, NFL, there's only 16 games. NBA, there's 82 regular season games. Major League Baseball, what, 162? Uh, National, Hockey's 82. 80, 80, there you go. So this is this is a sport. It's a commodity where it's like you don't have to live and die with every game. Kind of like you do with football. I'm not advocating you be the type of fan that lives and dies with every snap or every 
game because that will be an exhausting uh, existence. But if hey, you know what, you do you. But it's like I, I do think you make a good point when you say there's only 16 NFL games. There's only 12 uh, regular season college football games and you hope for a bowl or you hope for a wild card spot or a, you know, uh, God willing, a division title. So the playoffs uh, continue your season, but it's like, it's almost like comparing apples to apples to oranges. And unfortunately I don't think uh, that's an analogy that works for Major League Baseball, works for NBA, works for NHL, because unfortunately they are lumped into the realm of sports. And when the NFL is running away and making the most money and taking away the most eyeballs from in the sports world and putting it on themselves again, let's go to the top of this segment, how we talked about it was like a month ish ago that the Super Bowl happened. But the only thing in the sports world that we have been talking about outside of the Houston Astros being just cheater, cheaty pants is, is the NFL. It has been the CBA. It has been the lead up to the draft. It has been if Joe Burrow is going to quote unquote exercise his rights against the Bengals, whatever the hell that means. Like, the sports world is the NFL's world, and right now, everything else is just happy to be there. And I think that's interesting because I, I don't I don't know that I necessarily understand that, and it's certainly not how I put my show together. I talk about what's going on in sports and try to make it local, but I also assume if you're going to tune into a sports talk show in the middle of the day, you are not the average fan. <laughs> And you want to discuss what's going on in the world of sports, right? Feels fair. Yep. I can agree with that. But it's also where our industry's gone. And look, I get it from ESPN's perspective. ESPN spends a lot of money on basically three properties. Now, they they have a little bit of everything. They don't have the NHL. But, you know, they have, a, they have the NFL, which are heavily invested in because they have Monday Night Football. And they pay a lot of money for the right to use as much NFL footage as they do on their shows. They pay a lot of they pay a lot of money for the NBA, and they pay a lot of money for college sports. Mostly that's so they can have access to college football, and then the rest of the year they fill their their networks with the other programming that the conferences think is important, whether or not it's actually important outside of basketball it's important enough that they'll stick it in between commercial breaks yep basically and the way they see is hey if we can get a couple million people to to watch this game then then we're good because we'll be able to sell enough advertising to make it work and we have to have content and screaming a can only scream 27 and a half hours a day I don't know. I feel like he would he would find a way to uh, to scream like twenty six hours in a twenty four hour day. And this is uh, this also shows that like sports media is devolved, right? So not Ooh. only can we not have an intelligent uh, have a conversation about anything other than football, we can't have an intelligent conversation. I, I do want to shift gears to the Astros in a minute. So real quick, I think this is just real simple. This is what you have to figure out as a sport. Outside the NFL, and again, the NFL needs to make sure they don't over... The NFL needs to not overextend themselves. Like, 16 games is perfect. The way you set up the schedule, it's really easy to like figure out who you're going to play. The, the playoffs are straightforward. Leave it alone. 
There, you need to make more money than I don't care. Go play, go play games on the moon, and we'll have. <laughs> don't the give moon them bowl. ideas, damn it! I don't care. Like whatever. Roger Goodell is going to lead the charge for the NFL to plant the shield on the moon. <laughs> the moon bowl. Brought hey, you know to you what? by I, the R&D project. I would watch it because, by God, that is more football. And as we've discussed in this segment, more football equals good. Yep, pretty much, <laughs> which is why a couple million people are going to watch the XFL, and it's still going to go I am a DC defender stan. There you go. Am I using the term stan correctly? I think as a sport, what you, I think as a sport, what you have to ask yourself, if you are seeing your ratings dip, or you're not seeing them grow because I don't think hockey ratings are dipping. I just think hockey ratings don't grow. I think they're a niche. I think they're stagnant. I think I think yeah. we've already seen the peak of what we're going to see of hockey TV, unless there is like some sort of like once in a generation player that comes along and captures the imagination of North America and the world. But I mean, I ain't holding my breath on that. And they couldn't do it with Ovechkin and Crosby for whatever reason because the, oh the NHL's man. just not marketed well. It could be bigger than it is, right. and I think I don't know. It probably won't because like the time of the year that it is lends itself to baseball because there's nothing going on, and I don't care. You know, if I'm not doing anything on a, a Saturday night and I throw a couple uh, burgers on the on the barbecue, I'll throw on the Braves game. But like, I just don't build my life around baseball. And especially, uh, it's like like you talk about during the season, you throw in some burgers, watching the Braves, but that isn't necessarily the thing that is dominating your night or your plans. But I think that might just be the way that baseball is set up, and to a lesser extent, NBA and NHL is just because I think there's so many damn games. It's like, oh, who cares if you miss like two, three weeks, heck a month, six weeks. It's like, okay, I'll start paying attention towards the end of the schedule. And if I need to, I'll pay more attention because my team's in contention. Yep. But it's like, like you said, with, with the NFL, there are 16 dadgum games, period. And if you're good, you might get a couple more. Or like, you know, you could say the same thing for NASCAR because they race 38 times a year. And, like, I like motorsports, like uh, but it goes from February to November. I can't watch that every Sunday. I just, I can't. I think what these sports need to realize is, okay, maybe we're, we're, we're niche. And I think motorsports is niche, but I think if you do it in the right way, just like I think wrestling outside the WWE is probably niche right and even i would say wwe is full-blown niche like wrestling as a whole is niche even though wwe is a billion dollar entity still totally niche yeah but that's okay you can be a billion dollar industry a billion dollar company in a niche industry nascar is i don't know what their profits are uh they're a private company so it'd be hard to find out couple but bucks we're gonna we're gonna wager they make a couple bucks a year they make some money at least in nascar yeah they got some good tv deals uh but you can be the top of a niche the nhl is a good product but it's niche that's okay <laughs> so maybe baseball's niche maybe basketball's niche but i, I also think if you want to keep it from spiraling if you're on the decline here's what you have to ask yourself what started the decline for baseball and basketball 
I think it's totally selling out to the hardcore fan. Interesting. Baseball is, you know, old and stodgy, and this is the the way it's always been. This is America's pastime, you guys. Yeah. And, like, you know, I get it. You probably disagree with me. I guess you agree with West and Kaner and, and Ivan's. I don't know what your thoughts are on the DH. Like, I get it. I grew up watching a National League team, but... If baseball adds the DH across both leagues whenever they decide to do it, if it's 2021 or 2022, like I'm not going to stop watching baseball. I'm going to be glad that I don't have to watch Mike Soroka strike out with the bases <laughs> loaded in the bottom of the ninth. See, it's like, I might be that weird guy that it's like, I would be okay if they left it the way it is. I am not a fan of the DH but I do like the fact that that differentiates the AL and the NL. And plus me growing up a Cubs fan, I have some very good memories of Carlos Zambrano just totally yep. uncorking on like, like standing at the plate and sending a ball like out like that right there. It's like, and plus anytime a pitcher hits a dinger, you know, that's going to like be number one or at least top three in sports centers, top 10. So it's like, I understand why people don't like the DH, and I understand why people don't like the NL not having the DH, but again, I'm cool with the way it is. If I was going to have a vote, like an official vote, I would be like you. I would just leave it alone. Yeah. But like, it's not going it to... If they said, hey, we're going to get rid of the DH in the American League, it wouldn't bother me because it would be interesting. All of a sudden, all these American League teams have to hit. If they say, hey, we're going to put the DH in both leagues, okay, I'm fine with that. That's interesting. How do teams adjust? But I just, I think, and you see this in soccer too, and it's why some of its appeals limited, you get the hardcore fan who doesn't want to be inclusive of making the sport more accessible to the casual fan. Well, unfortunately, that is a term called gatekeeping, and gatekeeping yep. happens across every form of entertainment, whether it be uh -huh. sports, whether it be, oh, uh, you like comic books? Well, do you like X, Y, and Z? Clearly, you're not a real comic books fan. It's like, like gatekeeping as a whole, especially with the, I guess, implementation of social media, has got ramped up a whole freaking lot here yeah. in the last little bit. And it's like, you know what? If you're a gatekeeper, stop. Let people enjoy what they want and don't be a dick. It's not that hard. I just think all, like, like baseball, basketball, hockey, you need to figure out a way. Number one, to make sure your product's entertaining. I know like some people uh, say, oh, I don't like hockey anymore. There's not open ice checking. Well, hey, that's probably good because they're not like dying going kill ice. shot on people's <laughs> head. But B2, they, I mean, they, they changed hockey to try to make it where guys can score more because that's what's exciting, right? When that's, you, you that, score. That, that's what puts butts in the seats. And, and I'll be honest with you. I, I, it's not going well for the Predators right now, but I like the way the current NHL is is constructed because it's a game of skill and of speed, and there's still a proper balance of physicality. And if you watch enough hockey, you will learn quickly you still have to be physical to excel in a hockey game. Well, I don't know about it, that because you would think it, as much as the Preds have watched, they would have learned how to do that, but, you know. Well, that's why, that's why I said <laughs> you have to be successful. They don't want to do it. What's wrong oh, with the NBA? Oh, it is. What's wrong with the NBA? They're all like the Charmin bear. They're soft. 
I'm sorry. I, when, when you say the Charmin bear, I only see the uh, Super Bowl commercial. Yep. Where Matt they go said it. And, and, and it's the small child bear talking about how soft his uh, small child bear anus is. It's like, this is terrifying. Yep, that's why I said it. I am not okay with this. But you, I mean, you look at the NBA and look, it's going to be hard for me to be an NBA fan because... You know, I was 13 years old before the Grizzlies were in Memphis. And um, even though I am a fan of all things New Orleans, the Pelicans are kind of like whatever, even though they have Zion. Well, I was going to say, it, dude, like like if if I had any sort of uh, relationship with the city of New Orleans, I would be pounding Zion till like yes, I fall asleep. Yes. Fall asleep. <laughs> You want to see what's funny about the NBA? You want to know what the average? You want the Pelicans' ratings are this year? Uh, probably, but zero point nine. Oh my god! That no, that's on the season as a whole, and they started very, very badly. I'd and like to Zion see what was they, injured. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see what the ratings look like now that Zion's back. But that's the local rating, zero point mm. nine. That is your hardcore base. It's always going to be there. Yep. In theory, and that's at least. the and that's the that's the problem. Is does your sport appeal to the hardcore base, or is your sport something that isn't completely wackadoodle like NASCAR? And it's actually they've changed so much it's confusing. Like if I tried to teach you about NASCAR right now, I'd make your head hurt. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to like figure out the way the points placing are and then there's apparently some sort of playoff but even people that aren't in the playoffs still get to drive because it wouldn't be that exciting if it was just eight cars on the track or something and then and then I get distracted and then I go to the fridge and then I'm fixing macaroni and wait what's going on yeah and so like NASCAR has the opposite problem of of baseball and basketball they ran off a lot of their base because they changed too much to keep chasing the casual fan because, you know, you got the the high of, oh, we're the it sport, we're the second biggest spectator sport, and you should have just been happy to, like, be in your niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there for a while, NASCAR was the new hotness. I mean, yeah, I mean, they didn't make Talladega Nights because Will Ferrell's a big NASCAR fan. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, they did make semi-pro because Will Ferrell is a notorious NBA yep. fan. No, no, that's 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 not true. I just made that up. Well, he he might be an NBA fan. I don't know. He did fight a bear in that one movie, so that was funny. that's that, that's true. That was literally the only good part of semi-pro when he fought that bear. The rest of the movie sucked. Yeah, pretty much. Is is it like? It was basketball slap shot, and slap shot's much better than semi-pro. Yes. <laughs> But I I think it's as simple as that in in the world of sports. You just got to understand that the only thing everybody's going to build their life around is football. They're going to build their life around the NFL. And if you're in the certain region of the country where it matters, the South and the Midwest, they are going to build their Saturday around college football. And other than that, we're not going to build our world around anything. Like, I don't even think as passionate as people are for college football. You can get not going to get all those people to tune in to watch their school play basketball thirty five times a year, but they'll watch March Madness. Oh hell yeah! And they people will. and look, there's some people who will watch the PGA every week. I ain't that, but hey, 
It's it's time to go to Augusta. Oh, there I'm, we go. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm watching Jim Nance talk just like this as Tiger and just like this around the floor just like ring. this. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 falls over the. Other. But yeah, I, I I totally get what you're saying, and it's 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 almost like we're moving more towards like as a society we're like segmenting off like like we're gonna pay attention to this and let people do whatever they want to outside of that it's almost like i don't know like what you like and don't be a dick about it i just think we're also in a a world where like i said and sometimes it's a plus if you're a wrestling fan you can go on and watch all the wrestling you want all day you used to could not do that even when we expanded beyond where there were just three television channels even in the 80s and the 90s cable television was way more limited than it is now so there were so many more things that everybody watched because if you were a sports fan that's what you were watching that night yeah and and, and you didn't have a choice otherwise either yeah so back before there was the sec network and the acc network and the big 10 network and a bazillion channels who realized hey people like to watch sports on a random Wednesday night, the only ball game on might have been whatever was on ESPN or ESPN2. <laughs> and so you watched it. Or on a Sunday afternoon in the middle of the summer, hey, I'm either going to watch the Braves, or if I'm not into that, ESPN has the, the NASCAR race on from Talladega. So I'm going to watch that. And, and that was your sports that afternoon. Now literally everything's on television or on the internet. And I think that's what these leagues need to realize too. And not... Uh, Chase trying to figure out how to get everybody to watch me. Like, don't stop trying to expand your audience and make it something that, you know, the widest number of people can be into, but also, like, appreciate your niche. I I get what you're saying, and I, I, even though you bagged on them a little bit earlier, I feel like that's what the NBA has done. They realized what their hardcore audience wants and then they put it online. They, they It's available for streaming, like straight up live. And then if you don't watch it live, all the highlights are going to be on their official YouTube channel. So even though they're kind of getting beaten in the ratings, I do feel like the NBA has the best grasp of how to move forward as a sports, you know, entity moving forward. Because even though you bagged on them again, like uh, saying they, they're they listening to what their hardcore fan wants, I actually think that's smart because it builds a floor and it's like, you will never go past this right here. This is the floor. Like, like if something yeah, happens but- and you go past it, like the entire sport is blowed up. But it's like, I actually kind of like what the NBA has done online at least. Yeah, but it doesn't make me want to... It, to an extent, it's a problem because people aren't actually watching the games. They just go check out the highlights. And that and is fair. That that does devalue the 82 games through the regular season if you can just condense it down into a you know five- to seven-minute YouTube clip. But at the same time, people are still paying attention to those five- yeah. to seven-minute YouTube clips as opposed to, like, if we want to throw Major League Baseball back into the argument, it's like, all right, y'all got like 162 games. All right, cool. What are you going to do with it? Well, you know, here's some highlights. All right, cool. What are you going to do with it? Here's some more highlights. Yeah, I get that, but at the same time, it's like 
condense that stuff. Show show the people what they want. They want to see they want to see hits. They want to see offense. They want to see uh, amazing defensive stops. And it's like I feel like that is what the NBA has gotten down to almost a science. They know how to make you excited for their product in a five to seven minute clip on YouTube. Like just like if somebody sent me a link, be like, dude, did you see what Dame Lillard did last night in Portland? I'm going to watch that because that guy is a freak of nature. Same with John Moran, same with Zion, same with LeBron, same with uh, Kevin Durant, whenever he gets healthy, you know, next year, maybe past that. But it's like, the NBA knows how to market their stars. Maybe not the entire league, but they know how to market the people that are going to put the butts in the seats. I think if I, I think the NBA does good at marketing themselves and especially does good at marketing themselves on social media, but I also think their blind spot that they have is that their product isn't as good as they think it is. Oh no, it, it's it is not definitely necessarily not the product that a basketball fan wants to see. And I do think that is a fair criticism because it's like, I loved basketball growing up. And it's like when I was in college, like, like there were nights where it's like, I'm not going out because, you know, TNT has a fantastic two games that I want to watch. You know, this is when Kevin Garnett and the big three were running around in uh, Boston their first year. But it's like, I love the NBA, but Oh, the current product is kind of hard to watch, but I think the NBA is kind of aware of that, and that's why they put so much emphasis and so much polish on the five to seven minute YouTube mm-hmm. clip because they know if 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 they get the hook in your mouth there, you're going to be back for playoffs. No matter how bad the regular season is, you're going to be back for when it matters the most. Yeah, and then look, the playoff basketball is better than regular season basketball. I just playoff think anything like, is better than regular season yeah. anything. Come on. I just think that there's some things the NBA could tweak and they could make they could make their game more like what again what we said about the NFL and what we said about football. Football is pretty much football. It doesn't look foreign to you cuz all of a sudden we're now in the NFL and there's these weird you know, like the NBA, their freedom of movement rules are different than uh, the rules in the rest of the sport. Yeah, and I think like right now players like can take thing. like, what, 19 steps before they're called for traveling? Yeah, or, oh, it is celebrate James Harden and Russell Westbrook. They're these great, talented basketball players. They're both very they talented basketball players, win. but I don't want to watch either of them. Nope. Because it's ISO BS crappy basketball, and then we fire up a three at the end of the shot clock and lean into a guy, uh-huh. and they call a foul on the other guy because I leaned into him. And then wash, and I the rinse, repeat. Yeah, so in baseball, uh, you need more action, bro. Like, I don't know how you do that because I don't know how you balance it between not pissing off hardcore baseball fan. But uh, I, I have an answer piss off hardcore baseball fan because they're a bunch of old crusty losers who are getting ready to die and embrace the younger audience. Like I know that might ruffle some feathers because I guess technically I might be part of the old school baseball crowd because, you know, I actually do like watching baseball and you know, all that fun stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I will gladly admit it is a slog to get through 182 games, especially when not every one of them, are all that interesting. Yeah. So speaking of baseball, because we need to hit on that and we need to uh, do our big wrestling announcement, uh, the Houston Astros. Oh, fuck. 
Because this is the problem with baseball, and this ties into what we've been talking about, actually. What's the most interesting thing going on in baseball? A bunch of assholes were beaten on a trash can. That is just... And, and oh, by the way, pitchers and catchers are currently reporting, but the only thing we can talk about is how the Houston Astros are just a bunch of dirtbag cheaters. And then, oh, by the way, those dirtbag cheaters come out and give a press conference where they pretty much say, sorry, not sorry, and shrug their shoulders. And continue to shrug their shoulders in every interview. Rob Manfred called the trophy a piece of metal. Like, that's the commissioner of your sport. You want to know why the baseball ratings are tanking? Because you have bad leadership. You want to know why NASCAR was in trouble for a decade? Because Brian France was a pilled-up idiot. Uh, Adam Silver's woke as hell, but doesn't realize that the product that the NBA puts out there is not good. And... And, and has not yet figured out a way to make people care. Now, if the NBA comes up with these mini tournaments during the season, I'm all about that. Oh, my God. Like, like, like talk about me being 100% fully back in. I will be there for every second of it. You give me a single elimination midseason tournament in uh, any sport, quite frankly. Like, we don't need it in football. Football has that juice. <laughs> yes, juice. everything except football because, God, I don't want to put those players through more hell. <laughs> 16 games is basically already a tournament to get into the tournament. Uh-huh, yep. Yep. But, hey, what do we like about college basketball earlier in the year? Earlier in the year, You get eight really good basketball teams and you go to Maui and you play a tournament. Mm-hmm. You know... Why do we get why do we get psyched up for the World Cup? Because it's, it's a tournament important. and it happens every four years. And it's important. Exactly. The same thing like when the NHL guys participated in the Olympics in hockey. Oh hell yeah. I am there for every second of that again. Yeah. Now nobody cares about the World Baseball Classic because it's contrived and it's all on the MLB <laughs> network. But if you did that in the middle of the year. There'd be some juice to that. So that's the type of stuff you need to do. You don't need. We don't need to expand the baseball playoffs. They want to put fourteen teams in the oh baseball God. playoffs. Just, just, just stop. I'm. I'm not sure. I like adding the second wild card to make the wild card a kind of playoff game. I and granted, I will fully admit, I don't know if I like it because you know my Chicago Cubs have gotten no. bitten by it for the last few years. But it's like. Uh, it's been good for the sport in terms it of has. if you, it has it, it adds it adds an element and it's contrived, but it adds that game seven element because it's do or die and there's some urgency in that game. Absolutely. Now, if you understand if you understand the sport anyway, look, obviously a game seven an elimination game gets the biggest crowd because that is do or die. Much like but, when the Chicago Cubs beat the Cleveland Indians in Game 7 in extra innings in the 2016 World Series. Yes. Go Cubs. But in any playoff game should have intensity unless it's a blowout. If the, if, if the, predi- if the Predators beat somebody's brains in 5 nothing, which won't happen in the playoffs because, the, number one, the Predators won't make the playoffs nope. because they don't get to play the Islanders every night. And then even if they did make the playoffs, they're in different conferences. <laughs> and the only team that the Predators can knock the crap out of is the New York Islanders because they beat them combined this year by a score of 13-3. to 
Dang, that's because a football score. The, the, apparently the Predators get really mad when they play Barry Trotz and like to beat him up. <laughs> but like baseball, dudes, you need better leadership. Like you, I get it. You wanted the players to tell you what was going on, but like you give them immunity and then it just comes out that it's a bazillion times worse and all you're going to do is fine them $5 million and it fire a couple people. Like it's just so bad. I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can vacate the world series. I don't know if you should set that precedent. You know what you should do? We should ban the Houston Astros from the playoffs for five years. Hmm, interesting. You want to ruin a team? Like, you can't give a professional sports franchise the death penalty because it'll mess up the schedule. But if the Houston Astros couldn't go to the playoffs for five years, you would essentially ruin the franchise. And then that would affect ticket sales and stuff like that, which I don't know if you've known that or if you noticed or not, but somebody has filed a lawsuit against the Houston Astros citing their World Series win that they totally cheated to get. Uh, like he cited their raising of the ticket prices because they won the World Series. And he has like a full-blown class action lawsuit against the Houston Astros. Not to mention there's a former uh, Toronto Blue Jays pitcher who got lit up uh, in a playoff game against the Astros. He is currently suing the Houston Astros. So, I mean, there is a whole lot going on, not even on the field of play, but can I ask you a really, this might not be a random question, but to me, this okay. kind of feels a little bit off the wall. Okay, go ahead. Do you think Major League Baseball needs to jettison their leadership into the sun and start new? Because Manfeld has screwed the pooch at every possible step. Yeah, I think he needs to go. I don't think he will, but I think he does. Um, and I'll say this, this is unpopular, and I don't think he's done everything perfectly, but the people who think like Roger Goodell's like the worst commissioner in sports are just like disgruntled Saints fans. They're not paying weird. attention if, if they think Roger Goodell is the worst GM now, in Has sports. Roger Goodell made mistakes? But here's the thing, For sure. y'all. You know why they pay Roger Goodell $40 million? Because he well, makes them $15 billion a year. Thank you. And you know what else he does? He, he, he said, guess what? I'm going to get you $5 billion more. He gets up there and he eats the poo-poo sandwich for the owners. Because you know why Roger Goodell uh, does X, Y, or Z that you don't like that Roger Goodell does? He because Jerry to. Jones told him to. You know what commissioners do usually? Unless you're a really strong-willed person and it's kind of a private entity, a.k.a. NASCAR and the France family before Brian because the first two weren't idiots, you rule with an iron fist. But a lot of times in these pro sports leagues, you just do the bidding of the owners, and so they pay you $40 billion mm -hmm. to eat a crap sandwich. And it's interesting you threw out the analogy of NASCAR. It was almost like a private, uh, you know, fist that ruled. And then on the flip side, you have Paul Taglibu. You have um, David Stern. You have currently Roger Goodell. You have currently Rob Manfeld. And uh, you have these Batman. public faces. Bettman, thank you. You have these public faces. 
that really do feel like their strings are being pulled by the owners. I'm curious if I almost I almost feel like this is a professional wrestling storyline. Uh-huh. What if the GM was an anonymous GM? What would professional sports across all of those leagues look like? I'd be very interested to see how. Yeah, that I don't know if that would be a good thing. I, and I'll <laughs> say this: I don't know that it's always. I don't. Kn- I think there are some decisions Roger Goodell's made that have been errors that people don't like. I also think at the end of the day, if we had a scandal similar to what was going on with the Houston Astros, the NFL would just like piss missile that team. <coughs> New England Patriots. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I mean, they ended up in federal. They ended up in federal court right over the footballs. That were slightly deflated. Yeah, and Tom and, Brady and, destroyed evidence, but everybody seems to gloss over that. Yeah, and look, you're not going to like this because I'm kind of going to defend Brady a little bit because there's some of the science on those inflated and deflated footballs and like everybody does it. But like my Saints with Bounty Gate, and this has always been an unpopular opinion among other Saints fans, the NFL told you to stop, and you did it anyway because Greg Williams is a piece of crap. And so, But boy, can he to, coach good defense. You had to pay a price for that. And it was a stern price that the Saints paid for doing that. No, it was a tagalaboo price they paid. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> waka waka! I, you, so it's not always bad for a commissioner to go along with what the leadership wants as long as the commissioner understands, hey, sometimes I have to pull the brake. I have to pull the e-brake on this and be like, no. Well, and I, a great I, example a great example of that is Philip Fulmer at Tennessee, who came to power because of a bunch of power <laughs> drunk uh, boosters, oh. but has effectively told the boosters to piss off because I know what I'm doing and, he's and leave me alone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but at the same at the same time is able to take input from other people and if the rest of the group says hey I really think we should do this and this is a good idea and he doesn't think it's completely freaking stupid he makes it happen aka hey we think it's better if we go to the Gator Bowl not the Music City Bowl yeah so. because uh, Phil flexed his muscles and made that happen yes and so that's the balance you have to have because especially in pro sports, if you don't have the backing of the owners, because like the NFL, the NFL is the owners coming together and choosing to pool their resources. And so if you don't have the power of the owners, it doesn't matter how smart or business savvy Roger Goodell is. They will take you down. They'll take you down. And the same thing in, in any other pro sport is you have to have the support of the owners because they are the league. Uh, I mean, yeah, so, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, that doesn't make me like that fact no, anymore. But, no, 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 no. But yeah. Baseball has complete, in so many ways, baseball is just like stubborn and dumb. Like the whole thing of, hey, we're just going to get rid of a bunch of minor league teams because we feel like it. Oh my God, that is so pants backwards stupid. Like what the now, actual I will say, I will say this. I don't know if they should have contracted teams and leagues, but they should absolutely every two years come to some of these cities and be like, look, we've been telling you for a decade that your stadium's crap. 
you need to get your act together. Okay, that I do not disagree with. I like I would actually be okay with that because that would then make the city that is totally profiting off of this uh, minor league team being in their town put up some money and I would be yep. absolutely fine with that. Like I, I, uh, in a previous gimmick, I worked with the Nashville sound. They have immaculate, uh, facilities out there. Uh, I've done some promotional work with here locally, the Tennessee Smokies, the Smokies. again, an amazing site for some double a baseball. It's like, I love the idea of Major League Baseball kind of letting MILB operate independently of itself, but when they need to come in and kind of push their thumb on the scale, be like, y'all do realize you need to put some money up for this. Otherwise, you know, the money you've been making is going to go away. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, but like, I don't want the Appalachian League to go away. God, no, I don't no. want that to happen. And plus, on top of that, it's like, like, do you realize how many jobs that would eliminate if just Major yeah. League Baseball across the board went away? At, 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 at the same at the same time, I will say this. I don't know if we need to be as drastic as the plan that Rob Manfred had, but... I just think we need to just start thinking in the post-Manfred world. Because, like, I, like... This guy, once again, has found every opportunity to have sex with the dog. And by God, has he totally screwed the pooch every day, week in, week out. And and it's just like... And if you're a baseball fan, you should honestly be offended. Yes, and I am. Because it's like the commissioner just says that the World Series trophy, like a like, l- l- little bit of inside baseball for me. I am a Chicago Cubs fan. Do you know how long it was It was between the Cubs getting getting that quote-unquote piece of metal to... Hundreds of years. 108 years. 108. But yeah, Rob Manfred's like, yeah, whatever, it's a piece of metal, you guys, you know, for your health. It's like he's, he's dumb, dumbass Steve Rule over here, like doesn't have any idea Dude. what he's talking about. It's like this is... Oh, it's so frustrating. And then on top of that, this week, a bona fide Major League Baseball Hall of Famer has decided to say that the guy that really brought this whole investigation to the forefront, uh, Mike Fires, I believe, uh, is a snitch. Is a snitch. Are you kidding me, David Ortiz? What the hell is wrong with you? You know how He's you know you've done it? Like, especially, you know, that is rich coming from you, Big Poppy. Because you know, I, I do not want to cast stones, but homeboy, you do not have the cleanest of records no. when it comes to the rules and Major League Baseball. So for you to flip yourself into this conversation, un- uninvited and unannounced, like, and calling him a snitch, like, the reason I am so upset about this is if, like, me or you, Rab, called Mike Fires a snitch, you know what happens? Literally nothing. Because nobody's paying attention to what we have to say. Hopefully we're going to fix that in the future. But you know what happens when somebody like Big Poppy David Ortiz says this guy is a snitch? Somebody is probably more inclined to pick up a baseball and be like, yeah, Poppy said this guy is a snitch, so I need to fix this. Because somebody like David Ortiz, who totally, in my opinion, deserved his spot in baseball, echelon, whatever you want to call it. Infamy. Infamy. Well, uh, fame and infamy, I will will say yes uh, to both. But it was like, 
when somebody with the gravitas of Big Poppy, David Ortiz says, yeah, that guy's a snitch. That just seems so dangerous. Thankfully, Mike Fires is in the AL and he won't have to go up to bat until they get to interleague uh, play. But at the same time, it's like, I just feel like this is so irresponsible on Poppy's part. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I like, I like David Ortiz. He was a fun player, but like, what the hell are you saying right now? David Ortiz, I think your colleague Will West summed it up well. David Ortiz is saying, hey, I don't like people snitching because I did shit I wasn't supposed to. Mm. And I can tell you, you know a situation's messed up when Nick Markakis is like, those dudes deserve a beating. Seriously. Because Nick Markakis doesn't strike me as the guy who's just like showing up to the ballpark every day looking to start some shit. Nope. And heck, on top of that, uh, Nick Trout came out like guns ablazing, like 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 coming out with with a napalm thrower, and rightfully so because players like Mike Trout, those are the ones that are being impacted the most because Mike Trout is a once in a generation type player. But the only thing people are going to be talking about in this upcoming baseball season is the fact that the Houston Astros are a bunch of cheating sack holes. And then on top of that, you can't do anything about it because baseball is not going to do anything about it. And if you throw at the Astros, they're going to punish you extra, which just tells you how big of a boner Rob Manfred is. And and it, and it's like, okay, yes, I, I do understand why newly hired manager Dusty Baker is like, hey, can y'all not throw at my guys' heads? I get that. But Dusty, everything from the neck down, I feel like is fair game because every away game for the Astros this upcoming season – it's going to be treated like a perp walk, in my opinion. Like, And rightfully so, they should be booing every dadgum player that comes up to the plate. Because, like, mm-hmm. Rav, I'm going to throw this question at you. I don't know if you have yep. an answer. What is it going to take for the Astros to get their name erased off of the board of all-time cheaters? Because right now we're living in an era where little league teams are are straight up eliminating the Astros as an option because they're cheaters. Well, I don't think they should have their name erased. I think they should be right up there with the Black Sox. And let me just get this out of the way because people say, well, what's worse? Uh, Steroids or sign stealing? Sign stealing. Sign stealing. If you survey 100 (laughs) Major League Baseball players. I'm not even a Major League Baseball player. If I knew what was coming, I feel confident I could probably make contact with it. I think it was a disgrace what happened in the steroid era of baseball. Barry Bonds is not the true home run king. Nope. Mark McGuire isn't either. Nope. Neither is Sammy Sosa. I know you're good. No, they're not. So happy to be here. Roger Clemens. That wasn't cool. But number one, and correct me if I'm wrong because I might have misunderstood this when I was a kid, there was a period where what they were doing wasn't necessarily against the rules. It was kind of a gray area. It was a gray area, yeah. That And, and they used, I mean, uh, I still remember the picture when McGuire was with the Cardinals. He had a supplement like bottle in his locker, and they snapped a picture. It's like, what is this? Ah, you know, all the outrage. It's like, well, technically, that's that, that's okay with MLB, so, you know. Yeah, so, hey, look, 
it, both are cheating and cheating the game, but it is a much bigger deal when you know what it's a much bigger advantage when you know what's coming simply then okay, I'm Mark McGuire and I'm already good enough to hit this baseball, but instead of it going 295 feet, it's going to go to it's going to go 335 feet. And adding 40 adding 40 50 yard 40 50 feet to every ball you hit and turning a warning track shot into a you know, a trip to Big Mac land. I just don't understand that thought process. It's like you were already one of the best to ever play the game and now you want to put science into your veins. Come on. Rab, I'm sad. This episode has made me sad. Okay, well, let's fix that because we got some time left. I got a big announcement that we can make and then we can close the show. All right, well, let's hard pivot to the announcement because, God, if if we talk anymore about how all of our sports heroes just let us down, I'm going to cry. And nobody wants to hear me cry on a podcast. That's no. behind the Patreon wall. <laughs> well, and I don't know. He'll probably let us down at some point because he'll figure out how to give himself a title shot. But Cody Rhodes doesn't let us down. <laughs> and you know what? And he act, I, look, he I refuse to let- believe that Cody will let us down because so far his booking has been the best, bar none, in AEW. And he won't actually be letting me down because I'm not a smart and I don't get all butt hurt about everything has to make perfect sense. And but, 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 but Cody said <laughs> it's business. One of these days they're going to weasel their way into Cody Rhodes getting an AEW title shot. Oh, I and think. it's going to be so money. Yes. I haven't figured out exactly how they're going to do it. And that's probably a good thing. And it might be a very, very long time because AEW has said repeatedly that they are committed to Cody Rhodes said he wasn't going to challenge for the title and Cody Rhodes doesn't want to tarnish his legacy because he feels like his dad got crapped on a little bit because he was the booker. He was the, the booker, chat. yep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he Cody's dad was the one that gave birth to the dusty finish. So, you know, I understand well, yeah, why was, Cody's if, a little bit hesitant, but at the same time, Cody is the most over baby face in the entire business. I'm, you know, I'm just saying if Vince McMahon had created the dusty finish, it wouldn't be called the dusty finish. It'd be such good shit, pal. Such good shit, brother. This is the XFL. Sorry. (laughs) We didn't even get to that today. By the way, DC Defenders. Go DC Defenders. The XFL sucks, and it's going to be out of business. Oh, Rab, you and me, we're fighting next time I see you. I'm going to kick you in the face. Cardell Jones is going to tell me to kick you in the face. As Landon has alluded to. Yeah, what the fuck are we talking about? Today was kind of a downer, but we are very excited because on February 29th. Leap year. Lethal leap year, as wrestling fans call it. If you have 60 bucks, good God, that's an expensive pay-per-view. I know, like, you just you saying it, it hurts me, but I'm such but, a dumb bastard, I'm going to pay it. Yeah, but, uh, as you know, the Dawes and I used to host Near Fall Radio together, and we usually have a Near Fall Radio segment, and we didn't today, not because we talked for almost two hours about 
uh, sports. No, it's definitely because we talked for almost two hours about sports. <laughs> hey, look, this was the stuff we wanted to talk about, and we knew we had this coming up, and so we didn't want to get too much down the road in wrestling, and then just rehash ourselves next Thursday. And also, like, 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 we'll we'll be honest, like. World of Wrestling, we're kind of in a holding pattern. WWE is heading back to Saudi Arabia for blood money. Uh, NXT had an amazing show, but again, that's NXT TakeOvers. That's about what you expect. And we are one week out, as of this recording, from AEW's revolution. But uh, like Rab said, near fall radio, we're returning in fall next week to break down revolution. Yes, absolutely. So when there is a big... AEW or WWE event, so like eight times a year because the AEWs basically said, hey, we're going to do four pay-per-views a year, and I'm not breaking down Blood Money in the Bank or Heck in a Cell nope. or the such good shit this Sunday on the, the <laughs> WWE Network, pal. God damn it. Yeah, so we got Near Fall Radio coming back next week. We're going to talk about Revolution. I'm excited about it. Uh, also, like weird things happen with our schedule, and Dawes and I haven't fully watched <laughs> this week's uh, Dynamite. I've seen highlights. It looked awesome. That I saw about I saw about half of it. Did you then, see the moonsault Cody did off of the cage? Yes. Like, holy! I saw shit. part of Dynamite, and then I got busy. I had other stuff I had to go attend to, and I haven't got to finish the recording on the DVR. I'm gonna go but like, okay, hold on. Recording. I'm I'm going to like throw hands away telling people to give me some birth but unfortunately it's a uh, audio only format so nobody can see that but cody's performance this past week on dynamite the mm -hmm. first time he's ever been in the ring with a wardlow which by the way wardlow looked really dadgum good mm -hmm. when you are the boss if you want to break yourself in half it's okay. I mean, I guess, but at the same time, if you're the boss, it'd be super awesome if you had brain function to do boss That's moves true. after the fact, but true. thankfully Cody does. But man, like Cody Rhodes has gone above and beyond week after week, month after month for whatever AEW needs. And God, I am just so, so looking forward to the time he turns heel and AEW audience will melt the freak down by the way i'm not calling cody rhodes as turning heel i'm just saying eventually when that happens it's going to be nuclear it's really it, it's going to be really good next week i'm excited for revolution i uh, really like the booking that's going on in the tag team division what they're doing with cody and mjf is so great because again it reminds you for all the belt marks out there <laughs> You can have the hottest storyline in the business, and there ain't a there ain't a damn title on the line between those two men. They want to rip each other's head off and crap down each other's throat, and I am here for it. All right, so uh, that's pretty much going to do it for the R&D project. I hope you enjoyed it. I, I hope I was able to translate <laughs> what I had in my head about this sports stuff, and it didn't get like too wonky in the weeds media stuff but that some of that stuff interests me where sports is going and I really do think there's a and Dawes I think agrees with me now there's a path for all these sports to be successful without trying to compare themselves to the behemoth that is the NFL and carve out a really good niche for themselves and get three or four or five million people to watch them and 
make money off of that. So yeah, um, absolutely. Although it is kind of concerning because at one point they were way up here. You can't see my hand, but way <laughs> yeah. up here with the ratings, and now way you know they they've bottomed out. But I. I don't know if that's all the sports fault. I think that's just how the world is now. Yeah, absolutely. And as a parallel, I mean, if you look at my left hand over to my right hand, you'll be able to see just how much growth or degrowth they had. Once again, this is an audio-only format, so I'm just messing with your mind. Will Rab, please tell the lovely listener where they can find you on the social medias. At Rab Will on Twitter. Check out Off the Bench Monday through Friday, 11 to noon on WCDTradio.com. That right there, that right there is a professional plug, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow me on Twitter, L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me, Landon Don't. I'm the best, Landon Don't, not the rest. Uh, That's where you can follow me, 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt munch. Uh, But in lieu of that, I invite you to just go to the iTunes store. Be sure to subscribe to this R&D by God D project. Leave it a five-star review because remember, five stars are GTFO. I don't know if you know this or not. You can only leave five stars review. And if you don't, it blows your phone up. Don't check the science on that. Don't check the science on that, but it's definitely true. So, uh, uh, yeah, Rab, that feels like an episode. Anything on the way out the door, my dude? No, man, I just, good, good uh, shooting the bull with you again, so. Indeed, so, um, I guess we'll do it in a couple of weeks. All right, here we go. Three, two. Oh, damn it, Zoe. (laughs) Or not. Fucking Zoe. Oh, she's all all riled up. She done? Okay, I think we might be all right. Hello. (laughs) Fuck, dude, seriously. Oh, come on. (laughs) Some professionalism. Oh, well, okay. All right. Um, let's, let's just go. All right. I'll talk to you then. All right. Sounds good. See you, dude. Sleep.